0: But football without fans, you you play a football match without fans, it can be the greatest game in the world. If there are no people left to watch it, it becomes nothing. And to Johnson.
1: the champions
0: that's
1: who we are good evening and welcome to another episode of the jungle gems podcast uh, today is 18th of october another episode for the tuesday tiktok um, welcome to the viewers. Hope you're all doing well. And it's myself and Paddy. Paddy, what's happening?
0: Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Obviously, enjoyed the football of the weekend. Looking forward to tomorrow playing Motherwell away in the Premier Sports Cup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a very odd kickoff of quarter past six. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, TV taking over football, of course, but at least we get to see the game. And of course, it will be on uh, Premier Sports. I actually heard that Premier Sports have been bought over by a company called Viaplay, just another another pretender joining the market. Um, so uh, it's going to be rebranded as Viaplay, uh, not exactly the most sexiest of names. Um, and I think uh, the actual subscription, uh, the monthly payment, is going to go up to like, £14.99. Uh, so more good news. Uh, <laughs> <Probably. one. laughs> yeah. that money, fuck's sake. I know, totally, totally. So um, does, so that, I,
0: does, that, does that mean then it's going to be the via play cup
1: via cup maybe next season it'll be called that but I think Premier Sports will retain their, their naming rights for this probably be too much of a pain in the arse changing or uh, the advertising and stuff like that um, but aye so obviously we've got that at the game tomorrow night so it'll be interesting are you going to make it you are you going to be you're going to make it back home from working time Aye, aye, I'll be fine, mate. Um, there's Patrick McLaughlin asking a question. I don't know if it's a rhetorical
0: question or sarcastic what? but is Premier Sports showing another game after the Celtic game? Uh, yes, they are, mate. And just to touch on the, the comment that you made earlier on, Gab, about the kind of funny time, the reason why we're playing at quarter past six is because the, the mob for the Govan is on They're the later game. Um, I think we played on D at home, so aye. So they're putting two games on, so one, one team is... Um, obviously going to be the
1: earlier game, and it just so happens to us. Aye, so apart from the game tomorrow the night, which we'll, we'll preview, um, we've also obviously finished the weekend there uh, where we beat Hibs, a resounding 6-1 victory, and we've got topics like um, uh, Frank McGarvey, Jimmy Forrest as, as well, and we've got a couple of familiar names as well, former Celtic players who have re- uh, retired or who are hanging up the boots at the end of this season. So... A fair bit to get through. Um, just to start off again, let's see who we've got in the comments. Hope everybody's doing well. And if you can be kind enough, humorous, hit that like button. And if you've not done it already, subscribe and keep the comments coming in. We'll do as much as we can to bring up your comments and respond to them. And uh, aye, aye. So, Paddy, the weekend, the, the result, the 6 one. Do you think that's us back to our best? Or do you think we need to take it into perspective the fact that Hibs were quite shite as well? So, do we still have a bit to go? Is the confidence back high? At least, I'm happy for one person, Maida. Hopefully, his confidence is sky high. That boy really needed it. But do you think we're back to the level where we were before?
0: Well, I think that showing certainly was at the level that we that we saw before, and that we kind of a lot as us were expecting. Um, it's certainly it's a good it's a good indication of the the kind of response for the Celtic team as well as the management for me that we have had a wee bit along some of the play hasn't been great then obviously we get a we get a break um <clears throat> excuse me and then when we come back to the break you know it's, it's all going and blazing now I know that he says maybe Hibs one the greatest but <clears throat> sorry I'm starting to sound a bit like Andrew in these fucking press conferences <clears throat> um <laughs> no I, I think I think we can have made Hibs look pretty bad because we were so good I thought we were outstanding the majority of the team were excellent and it was great to see a couple of familiar faces come back into the floor and uh and come up for a change.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Aye. And um, see, talking about our performances as of late, well, the team were getting criticized, uh, both from the media and even from some of some of our supporters, or maybe just calling it like it is. Uh, how do you how do you feel the way that Paul Soklo has been handling the media and the questions, been able to rebuff that? If you were to compare Poster Coglu, his his um, relationship with the media to how Neil Lennon might have handled it or even Brendan Rogers, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um I take it you're quite happy with Poster Coglu. He does seem quite quite a smooth operator in front of the, the Scottish media. It doesn't it doesn't get riled up easily, unlike no. people like Jürgen Klopp.
0: <laughs> no, listen, I think Poster Coglu handles them to a T. You know, he's got that kind of laid back approach, but he's also got that kind of side to him where he kind of looks as if he's ready to fucking shoot laser beams at his eye at some fucking clown, asking him suggestive questions and trying to be a basically a cheeky, snidey little fucking pute. Um But no, he, he, he's, he's got them. He's got them at the end, he's, he's string mate. There's no, there's no qualms or questions about the way he handles them you know, depending on what mood he's in, he'll either be kind of straightforward and just cut them off, just basically cut off the nonsense, or he will kind of engage in a wee bit of, kind of if somebody asks him a childish question, it will hit them with a childish answer, but in a nice way, and they'll always finish it off with mate, you know what I mean? So there's no, there, there, there's there's no kind of airs or graces with Ange. he is what he is, and he comes across as a top class, you kind know, of speaker, and a uh, very eloquent,
1: Mm-hmm. Unleak, uh, unleak, saying, mate, you you do very well. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you actually see that, that Liverpool press conference where um one of the reporters had questioned Klopp and he said that you've lost your spark? And Klopp said, Oh, he said, Someone has said use the phrase that you've lost your spark. Klopp responded by who are you talking about? Who who said that exactly? And he said, "What well, it was Didi Haman. Haman being a former Liverpool player, he won the European Cup with him, and uh, Klopp just fucking he shot the guy down. He said Haman, he's he basically said the guy's a clown. Um, he's got no right to say that. Um, Klopp he he does seem like someone who's easily antagonised. I think he he approached that that reporter completely wrong. Um, but I'm glad to see that Pochacco has got the intelligence. He's a smooth operator, as I said. It doesn't mm-hmm. take the bait from the, the Scottish media whereas uh, yeah. people have in the past. And he's not even people... He's not even like Gordon Strachan, who would make very, very strange quips that could be uh, perceived to be offensive. Uh, and just definitely a straight shooter. I think that's quite um, typical of a an, an Antipodean. I think that's the, the word that he use for someone who's from that neck of the woods. Um, aye, so... I'm hoping Jamesy can continue his form on Saturday, uh, from Saturday for tomorrow night. Yeah, so Jamesy he's had a, a wee resurgence, but I, I guess we wanted to talk about um, Frank McGarvey, Paddy um, McGarvey. Get greeted before the fans, um, before the, the game of the weekend, and um, he was given the microphone and he spoke to the um, to the, the Celtic fans. He also had an interview with uh, the, the 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 Celtic guy. I Forget the guy's name uh, who does interviews. And um, the guy used to be the, the MC for um, Super Scoreboard. Uh, Jerry McCulloch, is it? Yes. I think, I, yeah,
0: I think it was a I haven't heard any of the interviews, but I. It must, it probably aye,
1: so Jerry McCulloch, he interviewed um, uh, Frank McGarvey before the game, and they've now released that interview. It was just a we kind a short snippet, um, but it was really, really emotional, man. And Frank said that it's quite possibly the last time that he'll be able to speak to the Celtic fans and I didn't realise it was that bad. I don't know why I go into it too much, but it, it was just emotionally provoking. That's all I will say. Um so why what was your take on Frank Frank McGalvey having been given the opportunity to address the fans and what he's given to the club um in general? I I think it's it's
0: clearly it's a it's a great gesture by the club. Um and I know Frank is still kind of active on match days. I'm sure he's one of the kind of guys that's always it's always invited to the games as such. Um, you hear him talk about it on his on his podcast with with Tommy Sheridan. Great, by the way, if, he, if he's if he's having to listen to it. Jump on it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm Frank, he's Tommy. Or the other way about always I always get it mixed up, but um, he does say that he says that the club look after him very well, which is probably one of the reasons why he doesn't really want a lot kind of talk about the board when those kind of questions came up, but. No, it's, it's soon it's obviously been pretty soon that he's uh, his illness was kinda spoken about in the media, brought to brought to attention and Celtic have moved quickly to to at least kinda jump together and, and show one of their own a bit of support. So it was a it was a it was a great touch for for Celtic as a club. And obviously some of the words and the way uh, Frank spoke was, was very, very moving, very moving, mate. He's Again, it's, it's never nice to hear one of your one of your legends and one of your heroes and one of your all time top players is in bad health. But aye, obviously he gets all the support worldwide for every single Celtic supporter and further. So aye, so let's hope he's uh, let's hope he comes out the other side okay. Aye,
1: aye, hundred uh, percent. Another thing that y- you like to see is the club actually respecting. Their, their past heroes, you know. I think we've had a checkered past in the happen and in, in, in regards to that. Not not reciprocating um the effort that those players put in, especially the older ones, because the the disparity with the money in the game now compared to back then. that we had some proper talent and um, going back the decades and decades. And those players who were fantastic, they were all on, on like a world-class level they don't get the the money that the the current players get. And you've got a lot of current players, I'm not talking about Celtic particularly, but just players in world football who are bang average, but yet they'll be retiring as millionaires. And the past heroes for Celtic never got to to experience that financial um, comfort, uh, which is really sad. And you see a lot of people struggling, going in hard times, even like people at Jimmy Johnson had to sell his his, his medals, which is, is heartbreaking to hear. Uh, but that's just the disparity between now and then. But back to my point, it's good to see the club taking care of the, 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 the past heroes, which we've not always been known for. So long may that, that continue, I, I, I want to see that. Um, but speaking of um, the, the, the achievements of Frank McGarvey, so he, of course, he scored. Uh, he was in the, the 100 club, so one of the, the, the 29 players back then, but now it's 30 players. So it's a club. Mm-hmm. Um, Compromising of uh, 30 players Who have scored 100 or more goals for Celtic And James Forrest at the weekend He was three away And he's now joined the club By doing it in spectacular fashion By scoring a hat-trick at Parkhead In front of those who love you Uh, What a fashion to do it in And as I said, he's joined an exclusive club It's a proud moment for both him and his family Uh, So what do you make of that, Paddy?
0: I, it was actually quite pretty poignant, wasn't it? You know that um, obviously under kind of shitty circumstances that, that Frank was actually in the pitch, but you know, I think it was a hundred and somewhere between one hundred thirteen and one hundred twenty odd goals that, that Frank scored on for Celtic, and then of course, <coughs> excuse me, then of course we James A. Forrest scores a hat trick on his uh, his first start of the season to make it into that prestigious Centurion Club. So aye, brilliant, brilliant achievement. The I know James A. Forrest has never and will never be flavour of the month with some Celtic supporters. That's personal opinion. Um, but for any player to come and play for the club and score hundred goals is a is a magnificent achievement. What else can you say? You know, I <sighs> it's, it's, it's top class, as I say, I know I, I know he's never gonna be seen as the best player. By some people, I know he's still, still probably at thirty-one years old. You know, being here, made his debut when he was eighteen, scored hundred goals. Well, still come under criticism and come under question about yourself, but he's clearly at this stage a good squad player. You know, he was rewarded with a, a three-year contract. I think it was last season uh, by Ange, and he's spoken very, very well about his his overall involvement with the club, not just kind of on the pitch, which obviously has the done a lot on recently but they say he's a, he's a great character in the dressing room he's obviously one of the experienced and older heads now so he must be doing something right behind the scenes something that we we don't know we probably won't know unless somebody else tells us that's actually involved with Celtic in the first team so right, great great servant as it is um and a great achievement so right, well done well done mm-hmm. and, and on top on top of that Gaff, what a performance that was absolutely brilliant and that was coming off the back of his, his cap, well, I don't want to say cameo, his substitute appearance uh, against Leipzig, where I thought he came on. And he was very, very direct and he was taking on players, something that he's no done the last year or two. Yeah. And it looked like, it looked like, a, it looked like a young James Forrest,
1: let's put it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, the guy has been with us for uh, over 10 years now. Uh, so he's been with us from the start of that nine-in-a-row campaign. And uh, he he's played under so many different managers. So he definitely has longevity on his side. And as you said, there must be something special about him uh, as a player and as a character that he's never been kicked out of the club. He's never been deemed surplus to requirements whenever we've brought in a new manager. So that's testament to him. He came through um, roughly the same age group, roughly, as as Callum McGregor. Um, so they, they, two players, go a, a long way back. And whenever Forrest was getting his debut, I think it was Neil Lennon who gave him his debut, um, and he scored, actually, on his debut. Uh, at that point, Callum McGregor, he would have been looking to go out on loan eventually. Um, so they've had different journeys um, at Celtic, uh, but both of them um, have... Uh, pr- Of um, lasted uh, the the test of time. Um, so I think he's also one goal away now from having 100 assists as well. And the only two people who've both got 100 goals and 100 assists, at least, is uh, Jinky Johnson and Henrik Larson. So that's uh, that's another kind of string to the bow. Um, and uh, as we said, you know, he's been the the man who was brought in from the Colts and he hasn't shown it. He looked effective against Leipzig. Admittedly, a disappointing result, but he put in a good performance. And uh, of course, at the weekend, he getting a hat trick. Uh, so, well done to James Forrest. And he's still got another two and a half years, roughly, on his contract. So, it will be interesting to see what the future holds for him. Well, I was just—I I was just
0: trying to find a photo there, seeing you're talking about um, when he came, the kind of age group that he came through. So, at Tim, um, at, at Trivia Tim on Twitter. Put up a post after the game, and it was here's some of James Forrest's teammates from yesterday, and here's well, obviously, the day after, and here's how old they all were when we James scored his first goal for Celtic. Ralston was 10, Vickers was 11, Jens was 8, Bernabeu was 8, O'Reilly was 8, Hatati and Maeda were 11, Abada was 7, Hacksaw was 9, Jackie Marcus was 14, and Abel Gard
1: was 12. You know. I just go to show you. Goes to show you. Um, <coughs> Paddy, I know that you do kind of pride yourself on uh, knowing a wee bit of history uh, with Celtic. Um, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What's he got in store? Yeah. Um, so I was wondering uh, how how strong your knowledge is with the, the Centurion Club. So as we said, we've got 30 players. So I was going to ask you, if uh, how many players can you name correctly in a row that have scored 100 or more for Celtic, so take your time if you want. But if you want, you can shite it, we can we can we can bin it, we don't need it. But if you think you've got a, a decent enough knowledge, why don't you tell me correct names in a row? It doesn't have to be consecutive from Jimmy McGrory downwards, but all
0: right, so doesn't it be, doesn't need to be in order. Right.
1: No, it does not have to be in order, but as soon as you give me an incorrect name. Then I'm going to laugh at you.
0: Hey, <laughs> right, um, well, right, so the question was, who's the see that again, mate?
1: Just where well, I get you again. We'll get thirty players. 30 I players don't expect like, you to get all thirty, but right, okay. how many correct players can you name in a row? So obviously, James Forrest, Frank McGarvey. Okay, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to tick them off. So Forrest McGarvey, Lawson. <laughs> you look struggling struggling already. <laughs> Mate, you've caught me on a weird man. <laughs> <laughs> eh, right, um, so Forrest L- McGarvey and Lawson, twenty-seven. Lawson,
0: Lawson, Jimmy McGrory, <sighs> Bobby Lennox, Stevie Chalmers
1: he's getting a wish <sighs> Lee Griffiths scored 100 goals didn't he that's true that's true uh, Charlie Nicholas Charlie Nicholas good shot good shot where's Charlie he's on my list yep uh-huh Dixie Deans has scored 100 goals didn't he uh-huh, uh-huh. Dixie Deans where is he uh, yep Brian Ryan McClure, well done. Yeah, before he went to Man U. Shall we park it? Um I, uh, I give me, give me give me a couple of minutes, I think. Okay, so you got you got what four, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You got eleven there. Eleven right so far. So well done, mate. Good well harry hood yeah well done well done harry hood harry hood but it's big like john goals. Oh, oh, oh mate mate you need to be certain on these ones but fortunately you're correct john hartson uh okay. did get over 100. uh right. he's number 23 on the list so quit while we well are ahead if you want we can move on to something else just to... right you're doing well you're doing well give yourself a wee break um
0: there's one there's one
1: the mighty album Foxy Patsy Yes, yes, yes. Uh one of my favorite legends of our folklore. All right, cool. Um in the top ten so far, you've got one, two, three, four, five. you've got six out of the top ten. right. Ah, you're doing pretty well, doing pretty well, mate. Uh, you've not given me an incorrect answer, and as soon as you give me an incorrect answer. That's it. That's over. Over for you, pal. Um, Oh, Uh,
0: I I said, uh, Jimmy McGrory. Fuck, how can I forget? Um, uh, Jimmy Quinn. Jimmy Jimmy Quinn. Quinn.
1: Yeah, another top 10. Well done. Well done. He's number five on the list, actually. Right, okay. So, um, do you want to get into it for the. The, the, the pre-match, the, the preview for Motherwell tomorrow night then
0: Aye, but I'll steal this one for Kaiser, nearly mocking
1: Don't fucking help him
0: <laughs> No, I I need some help mate. Anyway. fucking 30 questions, for fuck's
1: sake one question, 30 answers Aye, Neely walking is number 25 on the list Cheers Kaiser, but don't help him Don't. Keep Fuck man Kaisers, I'm just I've just brought up the comments there, my fucking <laughs> right. Um okay, so Motherwell tomorrow night then quarter past six. Uh we'd actually just played Motherwell what about a fortnight ago? We beat them narrowly 2-1. It became a quite a tense affair because of that own goal from Josip Giranovic whenever he, he chested it back to Joe Hart, but Joe Hart was already running out his books trying to anticipate the next move. So Two one, I think it was what um Hatati who scored that belter of a goal uh as the winner. Um no, neither of them. I Ooh. do not have enough. you would actually think that Machiavene would be on it, but Paul McStay, no. Uh, so neither of them actually did. No. Do you maybe me marry me? Make yes, me marry me? thank you, audience, for helping out. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> on. Yes. Go on, Frank. McMenemy is number nine. Fuck. Him. Delete all these comments. How can we remove the comments?
0: McMenemy. Who <laughs> else? Who else? Uh that rigs up. That's hold on. There's another there's another name starting to come
1: through here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're gonna pretend that you'll think The fucking answers are right there.
0: <laughs> no, I need to say this one. Um, um the, the, cause he says McMenemy and something else is coming. Mick, somebody, Mick, Mick, uh, oh, there's was... Mc mans, McMahon. So, oh, it's uh, <laughs> Sandy McMahon, yeah,
1: yeah. number <laughs> eight.
0: <laughs> Cheers, Frank. That fucking struck a call there, Paul. Good man. I saw
1: uh, a comment here for Woodsy Terry Butcher with his own goals. Did Terry Butcher? Uh, did he have a few howlers back in the day with the one goes in?
0: I'll let Woodsy answer that.
1: I'd imagine so. Uh, Was he saying that mixed days get? I've not got mixed down. No, mixed day's definitely not down. Um, right, okay, Paddy. So Celtic and Motherwell. What are you ask you? Should we ring the changes again? Uh, people that, like Sigrist, people like Abulgard. Do you want know to see about a rotation here? Because we've got Hearts at the weekend, and then we'll get the Champions League uh, the following midweek.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? Aye, that rings a bell now. Um, I was actually thinking about us today, Gav. So obviously, obviously, Motherwell played the rotten mob on Saturday. I think it was with it. Um. They get beat two one. They played shit. But they at least they they, they did try and have a wee go, but I think the fact that they get beat at Fur Park and the fact that it's Celtic that's coming to fourth Park, I think they might kinda show it up a wee bit. I think they might be a lot more defensively minded, a lot more physical. So with that in mind, I would definitely be playing guys like Jack Amachis, um Jens, Vickers. Obviously, speak for themselves. I would continue on with Alston because I thought he played very, very well against Tubbs, and as well as he, he brings you that added height, strength, physicality. Bernard, I, I do you know what? I would I would continue with the for this game because I thought he's I think he's in a decent run of form, and I'm not saying that I want him in for Greg Taylor, but I think Greg Taylor could do another wee game off, especially with the with, with the, the game at the, week, the weekend coming up. But it let's the have another game. And let him continue on with a wee bit better for him. Um Abogard.
1: Or do you think McCarthy is ahead of him in the picking order? But at the same time, why would we why would we sign him if McCarthy is ahead of him in the picking order? The the guy's hardly played many games, you know. He had like four months training on his own before he signed for Celtic. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to initiate him into the games, but We've got a lot of games, and as Ange said, he's gonna utilize the full squad. So do we put him in? What about the guys in the comments? Do you guys want to see Abil start? Curious to see about what he can actually bring to the team. He's got that height. How quick is he across the deck as well? What's the quality of his passing like? Interested to see that. And what's his mentality like? Certainly, like one of you got a um Tyne Castle, you know what I mean? They're going to antagonize you to see how players like him and bernabe how they can actually stand up to to people try to get in their faces wind them up try to give away needless fouls and uh cheap yellow cars or so what you see how the players stand up mentally to that the new guys like Burnaby and not but tomorrow night back to that again you want to see so, the physicality as you said
0: I'm obviously i've got a wee note there so obviously jota is he's been reported that he's back in training well actually i said this in the media sorry so he, he's back in training but he's not ready for motherwell as is Turnbull. obviously calm come uh Calum mcgregor's out as well uh and it's a bit early for starfield so again the center backs will speak for themselves the full backs depends on what Ange wants but i would i would continue with it i would continue with the full back for possibly give a give a chance to see Chris, mate because i think he has a good keeper and i think this has probably been a cup game this is one of these games maybe when he's been promised you know come into Celtic and you'll be the cup goalkeeper. you don't know um midfield midfield i, I would I, I would continue on with the four-two-three-one again so that would probably consist of o'reilly for sure and maybe give had a wee rest and he had a wee rest. so for me i would i would actually i would actually play um moy there beside o'reilly Uh, Here's an interesting one for you. I would play Kyogo in the number 10 with Jackie Mack as a striker. Okay, okay. Interesting,
1: interesting. So Kyogo as a number 10. Um, I certainly wouldn't play (laughs) Kyogo as a lone striker because Motherwell, as far
0: as I'm concerned, are going to go even more defensive and they will try and put the dig in.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you notice in the Hibs game... Um unfortunately Jack and Marcus came off. He looked as if he might have had a wee knock. Um, uh, but before he came off at that point, Celtic, the way that they were set up, it was Kyoko in behind playing in the hole and hack mm-hmm. and, and um Jack and Marcus as the number nine. That mm-hmm. would have been an interesting uh, relationship to see how, how that played out. I think we're actually getting excited, but then like two minutes later, Jack and Marcus gets taken off. Now you did put up that you did raise a point about hitati being given a, a rest i appreciate that but what what that kind of the thought that that gives me is that there's no pace in the midfield because you've got o'reilly o'reilly has been really good as that number six deep line playmaker um and Moy. if it continues at the number 10 fair enough but if you take out hitati where does the pace come from whenever you've got the midfielders trying to make runs to create angles to receive the ball? If you take that away, then who do we have to step into the breach? Hax well, I would imagine, continue playing on the left because is not going to make this game. He's back in training, Jota, but he's definitely not going to make that, this game. He might be touching goal for the Hearts game, but certainly not tomorrow night. So Hax Zbanovich, I would imagine, will continue on the left. Forrest, yeah, why not continue playing him on the right, but I don't know, who who would you play in the midfield? I think Turnbull is, is not going to make it either.
0: No, and I'm, and I'm certainly not his biggest fan in the new anyway, so I wouldn't even have him in the team. But I, I've kind of thought this one out with my, with my, with my lineup So Motherwell's midfield are not exactly the quickest, right? But because we're probably going to go with the 4-2-3-1 again, I think you can afford to have your two sitting midfielders no being the quickest. Um, I know Moyes not the quickest, but he did play better for the forward as we saw against Hibs, So I think Ham and O'Reilly will be good there dictating the tempo and controlling the ball. Now, where Celtic's speed should come in should be the three playing behind the striker. Um, I know you say Haxa on the left, but I would actually play him on the right in this game simply for the fact that he's he's strong, he's confident, he, 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 he can take a tackle. So Motherwell's probably going to go with that big guy, Ricky Lamy again at left back who's he's not a very good football player at all, but he's a big unit. So I think, I think Hacksaw could take could take him as well as taking an attacker off him, as opposed to Abada. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not a very good football
1: player. No, <laughs> he's, not, no,
0: no he's shite. He's a, he's a fucking big haddy, but he's a big unit. He's a big lumpy guy. Um, So I think... So Hacksaw on the right, where does that go
1: for
0: I, I, uh, I would, I would bring him on to the bench. I would bring him on later on i okay. simply for the fact that I think, as I say, I think Motherwell, because somebody put the comment up um, if he saw the goal that the Rotten Mob scored against him, Tillman actually ran for his own half and he ran. It was like Moses fucking part in the Red Sea. He literally just, uh, I know he is, Andrew. Uh, that's why I'm probably calling him shite, even though the he is totally shite. Um, that guy, Tillman, literally just ran through about five or six players for his own half, inside his own half, and scored a goal. So, I think Stevie Hamill will be telling him, do not let anybody else do that again. It doesn't matter if you've got to kick them, because you should have kicked him. Somebody should have went through him before even getting anywhere near the goal. So I think Motherwell will come out and be a bit more physical, shall we say, in the game. That's why I would prefer some more physical players, especially on that side where Lamy is pish, but he's a big fucking rugby player. Um... Obviously, I want Kaiogo playing the ten because I want to see him and Jackie Marcus finally playing together. But I don't want Kaiogo coming up against that defence on his own, so I'd be more than happy for him to use his speed and kind of he's moving in that position. I would actually start Maeda at, at, on the left. Funnily enough, and purely because the Motherwell's right back is very very slow, so I think uh, I think Maeda would be afforded a bit of space there behind him.
1: Okay, okay, so. We've just heard it here. Paddy is cannon the hat trick man already at his best game in a couple of years, <laughs> and Paddy's giving him the sack. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, all jokes aside. Um, yeah, it looks like we're going to be depending on uh, Forest for the remainder of this season. Still a long way to go. So maybe let's not burn them out too quickly. However, we've got some comments here anyway to say that, like for Frank Kennedy, that Forest will start tomorrow. Um, there was one up above, I don't know if it, if it came from the Egyptian king. Um, and he was talking about a couple of our youngsters. Um, let's see, I don't know if I'm, able no, to I'm,
0: out, out.
1: I'm cool. So, put Vata and Summers from the B team on the bench and let them have a wee run out. What do you guys make of it? Like, you know, how when you think of Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, he treated the like the league cup, mm-hmm. um, as the kind of as the the the. the the, the, the learning the learning ground for the um for the youngsters um what do you think of that from a Celtic fans perspective because we could like this is the quarter final that we that we are automatically going into but if you started with the youngsters against like the senior pros of Motherwell I would imagine we would get beat okay unless you mix it up and even if you do mix it up with some senior pros and some of the youngsters even at that you know, it's difficult to carry passengers. I'm not saying that Rocco Vata or Summers is a passenger, but we could be out of it before we're even in it. So, what do you think of that? Is people want to see the young bloods uh, playing? But you know, um,
0: I, 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 I get it, mate. It's a total double edged sword because I think, I think that that model for for Arsene Wenger was. Probably the best kind of model, out you know. You, you pick a competition that's almost the lesser. Well, as the lesser they are, the competitions. Let's not be honest. Uh, let's not let's not tell why. Sorry. So that would be the best place to bring in maybe two or three, possibly or two or three on the, the sub bench, young guys like Vata, Ben Summers, uh, Big Bassoon, wow guys like that. But then, you know. Celtic fans are, are, are fickle as fuck, myself included. If we were to, it's great shouting the ball and about wanting to play youngsters, blood them through, which is probably the best fucking, it's the best springboard for them to go and do it. But then, if you play them and if things don't go right, then you're the first ones to go, I you shouldn't have fucking played them. You should have played your stronger players. So it, it, it really is one of the ones. But I think, I think now, mate, as much as I'm a champion of youth players coming through, I think that now we need to manage the squad that's in the first team more before we start to introduce these boys because we have we have obviously got a big squad and there's players there that certainly definitely can uh, 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 should be playing and the yeah, cup of games yeah. guys that are only getting again, again the new like uh, I I would say guys like James McCarthy, you know Ralston certainly uh, Bernard buys one of them Seagust, guys like that. Uh, possi- possibly, possibly even fucking the, f- the forgotten man, uh, Mr... What's his face? Idiguchi? Fucking... Idiguchi, yes, oh, that's the one.
1: There's a... a, 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 a I want you actually talk to you about Idiguchi, but before we do that, so a wee comment, Nelfi, Andrew Taggart. Um, he was talking about uh, Vata, can you able to bring it up, please. Uh, Andrew, um, I would imagine that you've seen more of Vata than what I have. So... How far off do you think? I know that the boy is making waves in the in the B team. How far off do you think he is? Um, I'd imagine that his quality is not going to be questioned. So how far off do you think he is physically from being introduced in the Celtic team? I think we're all quite excited. Obviously, his father was a, a cult hero, Rudy Vata, and this boy now Rocco. He actually plays for the it looks like a cigar that you've got in your mouth there. Um, he actually plays for the Republic of Ireland. He's gone through through that setup, which is quite. Um, unique, um, but oh, how far off he is physically? That's my question. Gav, Gav, there was a wee
0: comment earlier on, and I, I thought it was maybe a lot of push, but it looks as if Neil Lennon's been sacked. Whoa, Nicosia,
1: what for Anthony Ingalls?
0: Uh, I, but I've, I've, I've literally just uh, jumped onto the the the, the Google there. Uh, where are we? Nikki's. And, and the English, it's I wonder what's next for Lennon after Cyprus, probably Australia. Uh, maybe a few of the comment, the comment, the commenters, the commenters on the side can tell us if that is actually true. But there's a few. It's, I then it's uh, here. Daily Record, Scotsman, the Sun, Celtics are here. Neil Lennon sacked as former Celtic boss pray, pays the price for ammonia leak. Something.
1: <laughs> All right, it's the leak performances then, right? Okay, because we know that. He won a domestic cup with them, like like going into your first season with them. Uh, in fact, he never even had a full season with them last year. He went; I think he got like half a season, or the the, the final third of the season. But he won a domestic cup with them. It gets them into Europe, which no one had really predicted. They weren't favourites to 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 win that cup. And then they are uh, they had two highly publicized games against Man U. Uh, they get beat on both occasions in Cyprus and uh, Old Trafford by one goal margins. I think they, they they took Man U at Old Trafford up until stoppage time before yeah. Scott McTominay scored a cracker of a goal. And that 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 goalkeeper who you kinda of felt for because he was like a Manu fan and uh he managed to keep him at bay for so so long. Um I that's quite interesting then. So um oh well, oh well. That's that's fucking that's that's one right at the, the left field, isn't
0: it? I just say like um after the after the kind of defensive Masterclass, if you like, to call it that against Magneta. All right. Sorry.
1: Well, Sorry. what do the view? Of, what, what do you guys think of uh, his next move, Chankill? Like home is where the heart is, so I, I think I, he I, should go. To, I think he should try his hand <coughs> out in England. Don't come back to Scotland. And maybe it's a wee bit too soon. I'm not talking about like from a Celtic fans' point of view, but he kind of bumped his bridges at Hibbs already. He's done two stints at Parkhead. I think the next move, is if he's going to come back to British shows, shows it has to be in England. What do you reckon, mate?
0: Uh, I know, don't, don't, honestly, I couldn't really deal with
1: Well, <laughs> speaking of managers, because the <laughs> thing was, Len, Lenny would do a better job at Villa than Stevie G. So uh, I think you're reading the, the 442 article. Do you want to explain that to us, mate? Ah, by by the way, I'll just i just. am sorry
0: if I interrupted. Obviously, with that breaking news, I need to get a big yellow banner up. Fucking Neil Lennon, sec. Um You were talking about Vatta, Vata, um, and obviously, who was it? Who was it? Sorry, guys. Difficult... Uh, Andrew, Andrew Taggart. Taggart. Andrew Taggart, It was. Aye, sorry, Paul. We, we, we try to kind of answer all the questions, but sometimes things can take off the sidelines. But um, no, listen, uh, Rocco Vata is a very very good young player. He's get he's got a lot a lot of potential. Um. But for me i think physical physicality wise i think he's still a bit slightly new, kind of slender um I, I would i would maybe bring him on and give him a few minutes maybe at the end of the season see if celtic's in a good enough position like say we've we'll won the league with maybe five games to go touch wood something like that then you can maybe start giving these guys a kind of first-team exposure or even in between if it's like a game <sighs> Like a Ross <laughs> Ross County or something at Celtic Park, and you can maybe have him on the bench and then bring him on if you're maybe up three or four goals. But the now I think I think he's developing well in the the B team. So um I'm sure I'm sure we'll see a lot of him in the future, hopefully. But I uh, mm-hmm. so I was saying to you obviously before we come on, uh where are we? Let me try and find this. Before
1: it disappears. <laughs> Israel for is for me, Lennon next Aye, link up with Do-do-do whatever his name is ah. <laughs> Super agent
0: <laughs> um, So anyway, talk about let's talk about failed managers and more talk about successful managers So, <clears throat> as I was saying to you before we came on me there was an article has come out very, very recently uh, the prestigious footballing magazine 442, I'm sure all lot of you have heard it uh, they have put out a list of the top 50 managers in football right now. And our very own Ange Postacoglu has been ranked at number 30. Mm. Uh, and we are talking about, yes, he's number 30. And he's ahead of guys. Well, obviously, like your, your Pep Guardiola's, guys like that, are obviously top, top of the list. But Ange is at 30. And he's above guys like Patrick Vieira, Luis Enrique, one Mr. Jose Mourinho, uh, Thomas Franca Brentford, Jesse March of Leeds, Marco Rose, funny enough, who just beat us uh with Leipzig, uh, Maurizio Sari, and fucking one half of Beavis and Butthead, uh, Gareth Southgate. And <laughs> I've never heard that man <laughs> before. He's also ahead of a certain manager who's sitting at 44th on the list, uh, that tiny bee man. From across the river, eh, Van Bronckhorst, who is only there on merit because of his eh, well, because he was in the, the Europa League final last season, which is kind of fair enough, but he's still push. Eh, so I, that's a that's a crack achievement eh, for <laughs> Ange. So seventy-five matches at Celtic, mate, and he's already propelled himself into the 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 top thirty managers in the world. according called 4 four-four-two, not bad.
1: Uh mm-hmm. And a, a positive one for Frank Kennedy here. Um, but no, sorry. Whenever I say positive, no, oh,
0: that's not. That's, that's not Frank Brennan, Jesus.
1: I should be using that phrase only for for Brennan. So apologies, Frank Kennedy. But Frank Kennedy saying thirty out of fifty—that's shy and should be in the top twenty. Um, I, uh guys making waves, man. Guys making waves. How do you guys feel though about the, you know, the continued success that that that, that Celtic have? It will generate more publicity for. Ange Posakoglu. Um he's barely put a foot wrong so far with, with Celtic, obviously the Champions League campaign aside. Um I, I, I hope, I hope when he leaves it'll be on the best of terms, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um but then again, uh, you've got some people, there's that quote from Batman, you either you either die the hero or you live <laughs> to <laughs> oh, I don't know what that quote
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Batman?
1: Or you live, you live to be the villain. Aye. Either die the hero or you live to be the villain. Something like that. I just hope that wherever he goes, it's on good terms. And it's not one of the ones where you overstay your welcome. But I like, we're very, very far away from that day of ever, ever being considered. Um, I just hope that the predators don't come circling and he gets tempted but he probably doesn't want to move his family on too quickly but for the time being let's appreciate him um
0: the good thing with that is gav i know obviously it's not just here it's, it's kind of a, a lot of people that talk about post the and obviously the the conversation does come up about you know when he leaves if england come calling something like that but i think the good thing is that Ange is obviously he's a man and he's late fifties. He's played. The, he's travelled across the world. Let's be honest. But I think he's one of these old school managers, you know, who has great loyalty. um And I don't think he's one of the the guys that will kind of just jump ship at the first at the first kind of sniffy about about a dang Ah!
1: <laughs> Did you just do a sniff there, for fuck's sake? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm laughing at this comment to the Batmobile man. Uh, it's usually you get distracted. I understand now why so many times on the podcast when I've been rambling on and you and McGinty have been looking away elsewhere, I understand because it's quite easily you get distracted with these comments coming up now, now that I've got visibility of it. Um,
0: <laughs> to <the Batmobile>, <laughs> Gee, where's Batman? I'm just, um, I'm just, ima- I'm just imagining fucking Andrew and John Kennedy dressed up as fucking Batman and Robin. See, like the one for only
1: fools and horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. What an image! <laughs> <laughs> right, Paddy, um, any more names that you can throw at me for the 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 Centenary Club? And guys, <coughs> want help me? Out. You guys keep shtum.
0: Who have got so far?
1: Ah, oh, come on. Okay, you've got. I don't know, you've got you've got about 15 of them, man. It looks like. You've got McGrory Lennox, Larson, Chalmers, Quinn, Gallagher, McMahon, McMenemy, Nicholas, Deans, Griffiths, McClare, Hood, Haltson, McGarvey, Morkin, and Forrest. It's getting difficult now, pal.
0: Uh, uh, right, I'll, I'll fling this one out. Uh, big
1: yogi, yes, number seven on the list. John Yogi Hughes. Uh, another couple of Lisbon Lions.
0: Did I say Jimmy Johnson?
1: Uh, you have now. Oh, that's not a...
0: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, Another couple.
1: Um... <sighs> I don't think you've probably got me stumped on this one. <sighs> a guy, a guy that we bought from Hearts. Hearts. Don't tell me I've noticed with Willie Wallace. Willie Wallace, you have now. <sighs> <For fuck's sake. laughs> Jesus. And Jock Steen uh, said of uh, this player <clears throat> when he played well, the team played well. The heartbeat, heartbeat of the team. Heartbeat. Oh. You probably wouldn't think of him as a goal scorer, but Bobby Murdoch. A powerful pardon me? Bobby Murdoch. Yeah, well done. Right. We'll stop there and move on, move on. Fucking Elmer. Told you guys not even. <laughs> Don't be giving him comments. No, 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 no.
0: To be fair, I saw that before that came up.
1: Uh, feed the bell. The question is, I was asking Paddy, how many correct answers can he give me of um, the, 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 the people who have scored 100 or more for Celtic? As soon as he gives me one wrong answer, then we'll stop it there. But he's doing really well so far. Hi, ah, he's doing very, very well so far. But there's a lot of, a few obscure names in there. Very few obscure names in there. Um, right, Paddy, a few people have retired recently. So Nakamura, he's retiring now at the age of 44. Yeah. And also Mikael Lustig, he's hanging up his boots at the end of this season. And in Sweden, they've only got, I think, four more games anyway. So let's take Naka You start with. What do you remember of Naka whenever we signed him? We signed him for Regina in Italy. Uh, I think it was roughly, about, I don't know, between two and three million. Uh, Gordon Strachan signed him. Um, whenever I saw him, he looked very, very slight slight of frame, you know what I mean? And I, I was wondering, is he going to hold up against the, the rigours of the Scottish game? But he did that and more. He, he, he brought us so many brilliant moments, so many fantastic free kicks, um, and of course, he did it in Europe twice against Man U. He did it on the biggest stage and he made, he, he's kind of paved the road for, for the, the future Japanese crop who everybody, if you were to ask them, they would all know Nakamura, probably one of the most famous Japanese players in, in history alongside like for like Nakata and people like that. So what was your initial thoughts of Nakam whenever he signed? Um, when I first heard about signing that, and I remember this one vividly, <coughs> excuse
0: me i remember seeing a comment and it was the japanese david beckham Um, so i'm thinking oh god he must be a really handsome guy or something i don't know or it's three kicks but it turns out it was a free kicks and well it didn't disappoint that that area it was probably probably our best set set piece specialist since alan thompson i would say um mm-hmm. cracking crack player great skill great technique the old adage the old comment for some Guy, kind of remember his name was that he could open a tin of beans with his left foot. That was certainly true. Um, I think, uh, I think, as good as a player he was, he kind of suffered a wee bit in Gordon Strachan's team because he was always punted out wide. And I would, I would, I always would love to have seen him playing in the number 10 and just basically being the guy who was <laughs> knack his left foot could hot wire a car as it was deadly. Um, yeah. You know. Honda probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always wanted to see him playing in the, the number ten, but listen, whatever he played, he was fantastic. <laughs> and he could he certainly stood up to the, the rigors of the physicality of Scottish football. Put it that way. Um I'll always remember him for three goals, four goals, sorry. The the goal that won the league at Kilmarnock the free kick yep. late on great great goal and you see fucking Gordon Stratton kind of running away giving it fucking that the the goal against the rotten mob that swerver that he hurt when he was when he was almost in the number 10 position funny enough, he took it he took a kind of a first-time half volley for about 40 yards out maybe and mm-hmm. he was in the center of the park you kind of know in the number 10 position and then I remember he actually hit it and it was heading out to the right and then it just swerved back in. You know, Alan McGregor actually jumped to save it, but never moved from the one spot. Yeah, so yeah. A, a fucking absolute deadly goal. And then obviously, these probably his two famous goals was the the two extremely similar goals against Van der Saar and the back-to-back double header against United. Uh, so obviously, we went down there, Van uh, Hesselink scored, Nake Mura scored, we could beat, we could beat didn't we, we get beat I uh, 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 three, 2 3-2 at 3-2 and then obviously but that's, good, that's yeah. when Gravison
1: was there, he got a start in that game
0: that's right because we had the we, we, the the black and green jersey on it yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: and then obviously the return game at Celtic Park uh oh just a game, just elation, elation I, I remember it being there, it was one of the one of the very few games I was ever at sober um Scored that goal, and then and then obviously later on that was the same game that uh, Big Arthur saved the penalty for, for. Saha. yeah, I, I and yeah. um, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant feeling knowing that you'd beaten them. And it wasn't until I left the stadium that it kind of dawned on me, like, and I heard people shouting and bawling and fucking. It was like, yes, that's us fucking qualified for the for the next round. So it made that goal even more special. Uh, fucking! But what a player, mate! What a player! And still to be playing at 44 is, is, an incredible achievement. You see all the, you see all the kind of Japanese media videos, and he's doing all these kind of party pieces. And there's one that he's, he's hitting free kicks through a moving bus window, kind of yeah. stuff like that. Fucking unbelievable! Guy's technique was brilliant. Probably, probably one of the three best free kick takers I've ever seen in my life. Beckham, Nakamura. And that boy that used to play with Lyon, Janino, uh, Pernam Bacano, or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unstoppable. I, I only found memories of him. And another thing, um, as you've kind of alluded to, he stepped up in the big games. You know what I mean? Um, there weren't many big games where he would be quiet as far as I can remember. Maybe other people may have different opinions. Um, but he, he was a, a reliable player. He was very, very fit as well. Um, I... A quality, quality um, uh, purchase for Celtic, yes.
0: And and by the way, see the see the kind of worldwide reputation that Celtic garnered off of the back end yeah, signing. It, it was unrivalled. You know, we we made so much you kind know, of moves into the the Japanese merchandise and Japanese media off the back of the signing Nakamura. And I know that we kind of signed the boy Koki as a wee bit later on to try and tap into that again. But honestly, the, the fanfare that Nakamura brought to Celtic, just with, a, with his name on the back of the, the jersey was amazing. And I actually <laughs> actually encountered uh, some of the, the Japanese media. Uh, <laughs> that must have been an interesting fucking... Mate, mate, mate it was, they <laughs> they actually came into the pub one night.
1: Japanese uh, media party.
0: Ah, bro, mate. well, listen, they, they, they came into the pub one night for, I think it was a European game, I can't remember what it was. But they came in. They're like, "Oh, we interview, we interview." And I'm like, Aye, what is it, mate?" <laughs> I'm half pushed as it is. Oh, we interview. And I'm like, Aye, what is it?" I said, "Mate, I, I, I'm not interested. Let's just have a fucking beer." And everybody in the pub was buying them beers. And within about an hour, we literally had Japanese media over to respectfully see Shunsuke Nakamura. We had them absolutely pushed, and the Gallagher tried to sing "Walk On."
1: They were singing "Walk On" aye eh, in the pub. Aye,
0: aye. Nice. Well, they didn't really, they didn't really know the words, but the the the, the I sounded, I like probably maybe uh, the drunker I got, sorry, I probably started to sound a bit more Japanese if that's any possible. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you have any sake behind the bar? <laughs> no, 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 um, sorry. Another player who, as we said, is uh, hanging up his boots is Mikael Lustig. Now, whenever we talk about initial impressions, whenever. He's in- <laughs> Nathan's <laughs> gonna forget the fucking hairdo they had and the moustache it was fucking horrendous oh, we man. didn't know we didn't know what type of character we'd signed at that point um a swedish fullback he was already an international but the boy came good but he looked a fucking wrong and when we signed him
0: oh it looked terrible mate it looked like fucking it looked like a mod or something he obviously had that hair that was doing there and it had a wee fucking porno tash and I, I, I actually remember like when we signed him, it was a Bosman for Rosenberg, I'm sure. And I think he came in in the January, which would have been at the tail end of the, uh, the, the, uh, the Norwegian season. I was going to say Danish. Norwegian season. And honestly, Gav, I remember when they came in and there was a lot of, kind of speculation about him being this Swedish international top player. And seeing the, seeing, seeing the first impressions I got from him on the football, oh, which I thought he was fucking terrible. I seen this guy with his long hair, as I say, to be porno tash, and he had legs like fucking two pencils, and he ran. He, he, he ran ridiculously. He looked like a platypus. I always remember thinking he looked like a platypus. If you ever Google, like, a, a picture of a cartoon platypus? It's, like, <laughs> fucking It's the way he ran. He kind of ran like that. But, again, listen, he, he grew into be a top, top player for Celtic. A absolutely top class player in Europe, and the league done so much for the club i think he played like 250 games or something scored i don't know 20 goals maybe um Aye. and just uh, i just it just grew into be a stalwart for the club um you look at <laughs> he's old, only you're, he's, you're,
1: he's only 35 he's only 35 years old the unfortunate thing is he's he's retiring because it, it's taken its toll on his body which is which is sad um he was probably never blessed with pace, but it became more apparent, his lack of pace in the past couple of years. Right. Um, but been with us for a long time, eight league titles. You know what I mean? Like so you know, the, the best part of his career was in Glasgow, eight league titles, absolute dominance. So definitely, definitely fond memories, and uh you know, I I I well, that that goal that he scored against the rotten mob when he kind of them to pass so many people in that mazy run and then he, he he put in a lovely finish past their goalkeeper. Um think he looked as surprised as what we did in his celebration. Uh, a fantastic game. What was that? Was that like a 5 0 game at Ibrox or something? Uh, I'm sure it was. Right? They four or five, though, Okay, was that uh, the one? Was that the one with the, was that the, with the pool or I think that that one you're talking about. I think that was at Parkhead when someone else scored, and he was celebrating.
0: Oh, I saw was PC listing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a legend. And I know that people like to use that phrase, he gets it. I'm not a fan of that phrase, but if you were to apply it to a player, he definitely did get it. He knew, he appreciated what it was like. He kind of bought into the culture and seeing that the the, the Scandinavian culture to our culture, it's not worlds apart. He totally bought into what it was to, to play for the jersey. And uh he was a great, character, uh, behind the scenes as well, I think a lot of people were gutted whenever he did leave um, so 35 years old and he's had one hell of a career a lot of caps by the way for Sweden as well he's played at least in at least in one international tournament for, for Sweden as well um, but onwards and upwards all the best for him for whatever the, the future does bring. Well here's, here's a wee bit of trivia for you Gav,
0: so obviously we've got a Swedish international at Celtic Park right now what's his name?
1: Uh, uh, Carol Carol Starfield,
0: sorry. Yes. Did you know that Michael Lustig's first name is actually Carol?
1: Cam- Cameron? Carl. Ca- Carl. Carl. Now, that's, one, that's one name that Scottish people have get difficulty in wrapping their the fucking tongue around. <laughs> Carl. Carl.
0: Carl. I know you're like, Carl. <laughs> no, but that's that's uh, that's that's <laughs> that's his, fu- that's,
1: his fu- that's his actual first name. So it's uh, Carol Michael Lustig. Mm. Uh, well, uh Woody said that the polis hat was after Forrest hit his first that's goal sweet. against the Rotten Mob to make it 3-0 at the time uh, good memory mate, very good memory and Andrew Taggart said that Lustig in total got 18 trophies for Celtic uh, that's one hell of a, a, a trophy hall man aye, uh, aye um, by the way I know the way we do it every now and again. Also for Egyptian King, I love that pick of Lucy Standton after the, the Glasgow Derby win with the ripped shirt. I he was a character man. Um, yeah, I, so, I
0: used to have, I used to have seen the pictures of him standing beside his wife, who was uh, all right.
1: on Yeah, is that is that an understatement everybody's gonna do a wee quick Google search? Yes, yeah, go Google. <laughs> um I was gonna give you a wee history lesson. So on this day, on oh, this right. day. And we're going back to 1976, the 18th of October 1976. By the way, I, I wish I wish it was tomorrow because on this day tomorrow would have been Celtic Seven Rangers one Hamden in the Sun. What a quality one, what a quality one that would have been. But anyway, 1976, George Connolly was released from Celtic. Now we have actually spoken about George Connolly, I think maybe last year, and he was one of the, the quality street cans. He had people that Kenny Gleesh, Danny McGrain, Lou McCary, uh, Davey Hay, and, uh, of course, yeah. uh, George... <laughs> My gaffer's called... <laughs> 85% of the time, he's called Carol. Aye. Unfortunate for him, man. Aye. Hmm. Don't make the mistake of calling your Wayne Carol. Um, Not Carl. Aye, aye, so, George Clooney... Uh, George Clooney. <laughs> George... George Clooney. <laughs> Imagine if you played for Celtic, man. Aye. He'd be more fucking back to the Batman chat again, is it? <laughs> that was the worst Batman ever. It was a fucking Batman with the nipples. Remember that?
0: By the like, way, anyway, by the yeah. way, anyway, do you know something? And I'm probably getting the territory of fucking being a, a teenage fucking here or something. But you know how you used to get slaughtered for the the nipples, and that Sorry, who who gets slaughtered for nipples? Uh, John's Clay, No, let's look at it. Yeah, for clearly. the bat, for the Batman. I, yeah, uh, I, I, was actually watching fucking a few of the old Batman films. anyway I mean, a few weeks ago, and I watched the the one before it. What was that? Fucking with Val Kilmer. he
1: didn't. He didn't yeah. I or no? So, all right. Good point. Good point,
0: there, Paddy. Right, uh, excuse <laughs> the point. Excuse the pun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting back to George Cor- uh, Connolly So he was a bit of an enigma At Celtic Here's
0: Parliament, um, Parliament. See you later.
1: Catch you, Palman um, Connolly, he was a bit of an enigma Jockstein actually tried to Really, really nurture him on But he was a chronically shy person uh, He grew up in Fife And then he, he made the move over to Celtic And the, the city life He did find it difficult to adapt to He was with Celtic for a good Eight nine years, I think, before eventually, uh, a <laughs> of
0: people. Have... It's a common thing, mate. Some people, yeah, are Kaiser, getting... I, I, what's, the, what's the one for you Meet the parents, uh, I've got nipples too. Kaiser, could you milk me? Aye,
1: aye. Um, moving on, back on, <laughs> back on point, back on point. Fucking hell, man. Talking about nipples, talking about nipples. This is what happens on a Tuesday night, and we're sober, we're sober as well. I will, I will. Yeah. So, George Connolly, uh, a chronically shy person, and he was extremely gifted. Uh, one of his best mates at Celtic was Davy Hay. And whenever Davy Hay left to go to Chelsea in uh, 1973, 1974, that was a kind of the catalyst for George Connolly, just realising that he couldn't, he couldn't hack it anymore. But he actually left Celtic quite a few times, and it was uh, Jock Steen who had to persuade him to come back. Um Aye. And in fact it was quite famously Celtic were playing Dynamo Kiev at Parkhead And during halftime Jockstein said I'll give you a fiver If you do keep upies around the ground And that's what he did uh, To um, entertain the fans And he was a youngster at the time So I think that was in 19, 1965 maybe uh, 1965 roughly So I um, And quite a A wee anecdote that I'll read out to you um, let me just see if I can find it. Sorry for this. Um, he actually took to the drink, unfortunately. That's how that's how he dealt with it. Um, I think Lou McCarry used to take the piss out of him as well. And uh, let me see if I can find this one. Da, 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 da. Father, you keep talking,
0: <laughs> right? Thanks. Uh, there's Ryan Kelly. get back to you. Listig, uh, Listig looked <laughs> like Johnny, De- Johnny Depp in one of his movies when he first signed for us, aye, like a fucking
1: aye. Um Aye, so back to Connolly. Billy McNeil, he actually recalled um, one of George Connolly's strangest disappearing acts. At that time, the squad would regularly meet up and, uh, sorry, th- they would regularly run up and down a course nicknamed Cardiac Hill, which had a self-explanatory impact on the players' respiratory rates. And on one occasion, the players uh, were doing the run and George Connolly managed to reach the top first, but then to everybody's bewilderment, he, then, he ran straight back down to the car park, got in his car, and drove off. They didn't see him again for a few days. And apparently, that was quite indicative of George Connolly. Um, Davey Hay and also Jockstein said that he could have been a Franz bar. He was of that ilk. He was actually, Kenny DeGleesia's said he was probably the most talented. Out of the um the Quality Street gang, and I guess it kind of just makes you uh, well. Nowadays, people are more kind of able to speak out about that about kind of you know like men's feelings and stuff like that and depression. Um, at that point, it was taboo to kind of talk about that. Um, whereas nowadays, there's a wee bit more of an outlet. There's still a bit of a stigma, of course, in society regarding that sort of thing. But back then, that was a player with a a precocious talent, but he just couldn't, unfortunately, hack it with the limelight. And I think he he, he left Celtic, he gave up football, and he, he retired to a, a quiet life for about 30 years. He was effectively a, a hermit. He only ever came back to Celtic following that in 2016. And he got a, a rapturous welcome from the Celtic crowd. So it just goes to show you that even if you've got all the talent in the world, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So there, there's your history lesson.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very actually very good point that you raise there. And, and I know like obviously back in the times, you know, society was different, and attitudes were different, but it just goes to show you like football isn't all about your quality; it's about your, your, uh, your, your kind of temperament and your, your attitude, your application as well, and uh, no, no, everybody's kind of made it to be a player you know, a lot, a lot of great football players never made it because of their application, you know, even though they probably had more talent. Tommy Burns was was, was one of the ones I was always told um, growing up the Calton as well, that Tommy Burns wasn't even anywhere near being the best football player in the Calton. But he was the only guy that fucking, that, that, that actually tried to be a football player in terms of applying himself, you know, staying away from all the nonsense, the drink and this and that. But also... Obviously, as you say, like coming back into this day and age, moving, you know, mental mental health awareness, and that's more kind of apparent. That probably was uh, a case of that back in the day when you know maybe maybe the guy was having periods of low mental health, and he was probably just told to man up. You know what I mean? But that was probably just the, the indicative of the attitudes back in the day, which is a shame um, because any time that I've spoken to the older generation, clearly I've I, I never saw. Uh, George Connolly played but any time I've spoke to like my dad or any of the older ones in the pub or not, they all say that George Connolly was probably one of Celtic's best football players ever he could have been the best ever Celtic player um, I think a couple of the comments that I've read all the years and it's uh, Jock Jockstein. Jockstein actually says that he was, he was as good as Franz Beckenbauer you know that kind of thing and the your ups as well. I, I, I'm sure I read a comment that he did that against against Rangers, uh, and in the rain penalty box or something.
1: That's correct. Um, That's great. Is it?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Fucking on fire. Like, right? um, yeah. aye. So obviously that that showed you, you know, the guy's talent and whatnot. But I do remember that. I I, I think he done a runner. A couple of things did he know? Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there was a moment where part of the problem with, with Celtic career was it was kind of it was kind of flourishing and then I think there was something happened on a team bus or something and or, or, or somewhere they were away a trip or something somebody played a practical joke on them and it I don't think it's ever been brought to light to this day I think that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure maybe David Hayes said something about <laughs> it uh, says that as soon as that happened he just just nosedived and everything went down healthy there which is which is obviously a shame like but
1: hi hi good memory mate um because i had been read up in this and what you said is is a correct I i whatever prank it was that one of the celtic players had played on him um it's never actually been revealed but it did set him back he was a very very shy and self-conscious and easily embarrassed uh, individual and as you said, you know, some people they're just temperaments, you know. What I mean, nobody has the same type of temperament, and it just goes to show that, you know, you appreciate more what what what. People's resilience, you know what I mean. Um, but he's still alive anyway. So and, and he's got he's got a good family around him, and he's been after the booze, I believe, for the last four years. Um nice. which, is, which is great news, uh, fantastic news. Um, Paddy, actually, to get back to to. Celtic current, I had a couple of questions for you. Um, The fact that Callum McGregor has been out, has created a a new dynamic in the midfield and we've seen O'Reilly playing as the number six, this deep lying playmaker. I want to ask you, is he still as effective is he still more effective as the number 10 or do you, does this does this um, versatility create a new problem for him where he might become you know, uh, a jack of all trades. Um, so, what do you think? Mm,
0: good question. I actually, I was actually thinking about this all day. Now, you see, when you see O'Reilly when when he kind of burst into the Celtic, team, he almost looked like a like a like for like replacement for Tom Rogic, and he actually looked like a better kind of more energetic Tom Rogic. Maybe knows uh, is technically good as Rogic. You know, kind of dribbling by guys and whatnot, but he's his technique was 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 excellent. His eye for a pass was good. He, he was scoring goals. But for me, he's, he's always drifted off around about the 70 minute mark. And he's kind of uh, maybe not so much his fitness wise, but for whatever reason, he's he, he's looked quieter the last half an hour against for me. Far too many times. I was always looking at guys like McGregor and Hatati, who I know Hatati can have. It kind of falls after games as well, but it looks to be a cracking box-to-box midfielder, as does McGregor. I would be more than happy to to, to give um, O'Reilly a, a, a good few games in a deeper role, which means that he doesn't have to run a lot more and he can he can focus more on his technique, his ball attention. You know, being the guy that can pick out a pass uh, and things like that. So, I think. I think possibly it could be a could be a good wee a good wee spin on it. Obviously, it's not nice to see McGregor being injured, weapon, but it lets it, it should let O'Reilly focus on purely playing football rather than possibly over-exert himself. The now mm-hmm. until he starts to reach those kind of peak fitness levels where he can sustain ninety minutes a total non-stop run, which I don't think he does the now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely an interesting one. Whenever Kyle McGregor does come back, does O'Reilly get shifted back to the number 10? And the other question I was going to ask you is, whenever Jota uh, was in full 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 for Celtic um, before he got injured, um, I was thinking, who is our chief creator whenever Jota is out of the team? Now, Haxabanovich has stepped into that Mm -hmm. breach and the guy is very, very creative. We spoke about it how he can go left, he can go right. There we go, there we go. Paddy with the props. <laughs> so, whenever Jota comes back into the fold, presumably he's going to go back to left wing again. Has Haxabanovich now, with his recent performances, staked a claim as the new number 10? And if so, it's going to the competition for places, especially in the midfield, is back to being exciting whenever people are on top form. So, what do you think of that?
0: Well, again, we're seeing a new conundrum under with and and it's, it's Partially because of you know uh, McGregor being injured, which certainly isn't any, It's not a positive that McGregor's injured, but it could work slightly because we're we're now starting to play this new formation of the four-two-three-one, which and it obviously in essence is like a kind of derivative of a four-three-three. But today, um, but it does. um no, I think um, I, I think it's open doors for guys like uh, Pak who is a guy who's who's got the quality to play in the left, to play through the center, to play in the right. But I think I think at this period now when McGregor's out, it's great because the guys will be able to play in these positions. We'll probably start to can can I utilize this formation a wee bit more, with a wee bit more longevity. But I think when McGregor comes back into full fitness and starts coming back into the team, I think Andrew will revert back to the, the 4 so that will that, probably, in my belief, Haxibanovich either vying for position on the left with Jota as a substitute or other than that, trying to make the right can a right flank his own. You know what I mean? Uh, but then again, it's, that's him competing with another two guys in the absence of Jota and Carl McGregor as well. But, you know, I, I would I would more than happily play him either through the centre or on the right. Even though I think he's probably been at his best on the left, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum, but it's certainly a good one. Like, we, 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 a... we, could, we, we could be in a position where we've lost McGregor and we've not had the kind of guys that can slot any positions. But I think that's the beauty about Angie Simons, is that we're signing guys who are only just static in one position, i.e. let's sign in a left back who can only play a left back. We're not signing wingers who can play in a 10, in a right, in a left, and there's More than one guy that can do that. So everybody is able to slot in somewhere. And it's Mm -hmm. it's, that's that's probably been on the forefront of Angie's plans. You know, when you've got a long season, when you've got lots of games, you do need that kind of flexibility.
1: I agree with you. Uh competition right now is looking very, very good. It's just people been on for that's what we want to see. Uh, the competition isn't really that complimentary whenever people are playing pish. But hopefully the, the game at the weekend, the 6-1 victory, uh, has got everybody rearing to go. And um, training must be interesting at Lennox Town. Um, looking at one here for Patrick I know that people are talking about Johnny Depp. We went from Michael Lustig to Johnny Depp and now Edward Scissorhands and people are talking about all the different movies that Johnny Depp has been in. I heard one talking about What's Eating Gilbert Grape. <coughs> the, the, the performance for Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, that was an interesting one, but for Patrick, I uh, was cleaning the clothes one day, and this creepy, Edward Scissorhands hands dude was standing, <laughs> was standing right behind me, waiting to get by. I uh, he never heard the dude climb the the, the three landings though. Uh, aye, aye, that 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 does sound scary, mate. Um, I, I, it, it
0: would it would have probably been even more scary if he tried to finger and get arse like, and he's got fucking scissors for fingers.
1: By the way, talking about fingering an arse, has anyone seen the clip <laughs> or? Of- <laughs> Grant Grant Hanley, Grant Hanley from Norwich. So it's like one of the players is down and then the physio of Norwich comes over to tend to the injured player and Grant Hanley walks up (laughs) behind his backside and appears to pop the middle finger into an orifice. And you've got a a few players looking on. They don't say a word. People need to call this out. You know what I mean? The Me Too movement was not for shits and giggles need to call that shit out for what
0: it is. <laughs> uh, I tried, uh, tried to turn that poor guy into a bowling ball, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aye,
1: aye. Too um,
0: Frank Kennedy time for a sharp exit.
1: <laughs> I think we're all in that fucking position, mate. <laughs> aye. Uh, we've actually been going for another 20 minutes. That's aye. pretty good for a Tuesday. um. Aye, by the way, VAR uh, is making its debut, mm. it's got its debut Friday night with Hibbs and yep. St. Johnson. Willie Collin will be the referee. Um, King Finn, i
0: Roy Munson? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate, um, VAR. Back to VAR. VAR, VAR. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> Where do you make it? Uh, there's no way that we can reverse the tide VAR is coming, and I guess people have got a new feel of what the referees and the wee van will be doing. The, the people who are not on the cameras. I'm not even going to read that one out, Father.
0: <laughs> I will. <won't. laughs> Every athlete knows that a pokeball wank relaxes.
1: Aye, uh, right, okay. Yes. VAR. Aye. So VAR is it's coming. There's no way to to prevent it now. It is what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of people have got fears. Um, and saying that, though, a lot of people are not content with uh, the refereeing situation right now and they think that this could be a, a new danger as well. Um, so how sceptical are you? How how kind of fearful are you? Are you fairly open-minded about the whole VAR situation? Um,
0: oh. In essence, I think, I think VAR as a tool that could work, right? Because there's no reason why, like in this day and age, Gav, right? So, obviously, we, if we watch a football game and, a, <coughs> and, a, and a, a piece of action happens, we've got four and five different camera angles in the reverse, the, 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 the review, sorry, to see what happened. And you can clearly call, like, it was a foul or it wasn't a foul. Referees should have that tool there. To use to the advantage because I think I think it takes away any <laughs> it take, it takes away any kind of disparity like the referees kind of only going be real time which can lead to human error which can lead to kind of guesswork this and that but um, there's Dell how are we doing son bonjour um, but I think I, I think I think it depends on who's going to be behind the camera. Who's going to be watching? Because it's it's still showing that sometimes the people in charge of this are still as inept as anything. The 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 one with Jackie Marcus against um like was it Leipzig? I Leipzig. Uh when the guy literally leaned on him and pulled him down and the referee never even checked the fucking the monitor. But he'd already checked it about five minutes earlier when in Kunku, when Joe Hart clearly won the ball. You know, yeah. uh,
1: when Kunku was racing in. So the, the, the referee never even checked far. So but is that. So that's is that, it not is it not the panel who are responsible for alerting the referee to be checking that? Well that, that that's
0: exactly what I'm saying. So whoever's sitting in the the fucking the wall room, the center, whatever it is, they're obviously they must have some sort of a alert system on the referee's wristwatch that says there's been a there's been an action, been an incident, so he'll obviously get like a maybe an alert. Says check fucking the monitor or something. Um, never happened. So clearly the people that are there are as important to the game as what the referee is. So if they're incompetent, and the referees incompetent. We still got this kind of technology in place that, in essence, should work. That's going to be a problem. Now I, I remember we we spoke about this a few months ago, and we were talking about Var when when we heard that Var was initially getting brought in to Scottish football, which we could tell it was after the World Cup. But it's no, we actually, do, do you remember we, we found the job interview? The job out there for the a, a bar technician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think it was something like fucking something horrendous, like 21,000 pounds a year. You know what I mean? So no offense to anybody doing 21 grand or anything a year, but I think when you're, when, when you're in charge of something so, that can be so pivotal and important Of a decision that can actually change a match, potentially, you would possibly be calling for a more kind of
1: experienced, I like
0: a more technical role. Do you know what I mean? Like, an ex, like every VR's going to be an ex referee or an ex football player or something, but probably up in Scotland, they will be all fucking Masons, but um.
1: We've witnessed VAR being introduced into England. How, how many years ago was that now? Um, I don't know, True. three, four, three, four, maybe? I don't know. Uh, perhaps people in the comments could, uh, could uh, give a more specific um, period. But it's been constantly challenged and refined, um, VAR, and it's it's been a work in progress, and it still is. It still gets criticised. It will never be perfect, but it's very, very imperfect right now. What I'm worried about is having witnessed that 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 journey that it's taken in England for us basically to replicate the nonsense. For us to, like um someone said, Frank Kennedy says, if we score, we're going to have to wait five minutes before we celebrate. That's going to be part of it. But the actual length of time it takes for them to actually agree, okay, if this is the right decision, are we going to give a red card, you know, wrong identity, are we going to call it offside? I think it could take forever for them to actually make the right decision, whether they get the decision right or wrong. But it's the amount of time it's going to take for them to actually conclude um, uh, one way or another. And that's what's really going to be a pain in the arse as well. And it's going to get scrutinised. You know what I mean? We're going to be talking about VAR much more probably (coughs) on this show. It's it's inevitable. Um, It's going to steal the headlines. And that's unfortunate unfortunate because it takes away the focus from the football as well. Um, so I, that's my my one fear. I do you
0: know I get that, and, and I t- I totally see where people coming th- uh, from in in that respect. Like you know, the referee will maybe take a minute or two to look at things. You you'll be a wee bit kind of more subdued in terms of automatically celebrating. But I think in the long term, mate, if yeah, like listen, you you've you saw how many times that Celtic have had so many contentious uh, decisions against them uh domestically and, and, and wider. Um I think if the I think overall if say see if the referee goes and has three var checks in a match like what's an extra five minutes if it's going to help you in that respect. Like if if you know somebody if you know fine well it's Celtic scored a goal the referee chops it off and then there's a var check he goes and checks it and Celtic get the goal and Celtic win the game. You're going to be like, right, you think fuck, Var was there, you know what I mean? And obviously, I know that's going to work against you when you're like, fucking bastard, Var's just done us it? Mm. but that's going to be part and parcel of the game. I say it, it's you, you, you can't stop technology you know? as I say, we're all sitting in the house or sitting in the pub or sitting in the club, whatever, sitting your fucking phone at work watching it, you're getting all the camera angles. So, I think in that respect, to take off any tinted glasses, the referee should have that option of that tool there. But again, like where, where the problems come. What we we spoke about is the ref uh, the referee no getting an alert for say Jack and Marcus. I think what should happen there is that teams should actually get a certain amount of calls per game. See what the way kind of tennis does it. I think I don't f-
1: like that. I don't like
0: that. I I know, but like it, I, it, that's just gonna that's just gonna come into my 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 train of thoughts since since the Jackie Marcus thing. Mm. Because obviously the ref went and checked out went and checked one and never checked another so your captain should be able to say right hey, listen I want to make a call here go and check that monitor and you should be able to do that maybe three times a game each team and you've got to say to the ref listen this is my call go and do it and then he's going to go and check it yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that for me just seems like the kind of fair route other than just leaving it to the ref or the fucking, the, the the non-entities in the van somewhere five miles away from it all right
1: uh there's a, a comment there for you Patrick McLaughlin uh, what happens when a player celebrates a goal, gets a red card for taking a shot off then, but the goal gets disallowed? Something actually, similar happened to the Arsenal-Leeds game at the weekend, where Gabriel got sent off after... Gabriel got sent off, but um, I think it was because of a, a VAR decision that they looked at it, and it, it happened after a foul was made, but they, they rescinded the red card. Um, because the foul should have went in Arsenal's favour anyway. So um, probably a garbled response to your question there. But hopefully there'll be remedial action to rescind the red card if they realise that the wrong decision was made. Um, Paddy, we started off the podcast um, with you naming our um, Centurions. Uh, You've done quite well so far. Um, You're on a roll. You've not given me one incorrect answer yet. Do you want me to... Um, go over the ones that you've given me?
0: I please, because I'm I'm, okay, I'm, probably, so, I'm I'm lost here.
1: Right, and please guys, in the comment section, don't give them any hints, any answers. Uh, we've got Jimmy McGrory, Bobby Lennox, Henrik Larson, Stevie Chalmers, Jimmy Quinn, Patsy Gallagher, John Hughes, Sandy McMahon, Jimmy McMenemy, Kenny Dalk, Dalk, uh, Willie Wallace, Jimmy Johnson, Charlie Nicholas, Dixie Deans, Lee Griffiths, Brian McClure, Harry Hoot, John Hartson, Frank McGarvey, Neil Mockin, Bobby Murdoch, and James Forrest. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You've got seven remaining. You've done pretty well. You've got 23, right, mate? That's
0: all right. Fuck. I'm not going to lie, mate. I'm, I'm
1: out. I'm out. Of, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. My, my knowledge. Okay. Right, well. The next on the list, number 11, a guy that I couldn't tell you, Adam McLean. Um, number 14, Tommy McInerney. Uh Number 18, Jimmy McCall. Number 21, you'll know this guy, Bobby Collins.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. Ginger here? Hi, Jesus. That's number,
1: Bobby. No, I, I think I'm thinking about Bobby Evans. No, no, Number 22, Johnny Campbell. I uh, don't know him. Number 26, I think I saw this name in the comments from a while back. 26, Joe Cassidy. And number 28, Alec Thompson. And 29, John Divers. Oh, so Johnny David Divers. White. Oh, fuck. That concludes the 30 Club. And that's the one that James Forrest has joined um, over the weekend there. Hey, aye, so Paddy, we've covered a shitload tonight. That's that was an hour and a half. Uh, aye, Harry Hood um, I had to go that earlier on um, So, anything else? Anything else? The other point I was going to say was I ah, think Gucci will be gone by January I, I think his visa I think his visa is going to get rescinded by the home office because he's been doing fuck all and um, he's not been given much of a chance but he did have a few injuries I just don't know what he's good at I think he's going to go back to Japan
0: Aye, I think unfortunately the, the, the injuries of his career and just the way it's planned out other guys have come in and kind of stepped ahead of him so unless he's maybe going to get a couple of games in the cups and and he does something fucking so spectacular um i don't think he's going to get ahead of Aaron boy who is is obviously angie's fucking pet and in the nicest possible way um so i so it was unfortunate to say, but I think, his, I think he's finished, and probably. Probably the best move would be to be good, out alone or something. And January, Even if he gets back to Japan and goes back home and maybe has a wee change of heart or something, and then once they come back and try it again, you never know, but
1: nah, nah, no for me. I feel sorry for the translator because he's going to be the one who has to deliver the bad news. I
0: think, I think, he's, I think out of the lot of them, I think he's probably the most adept at English, because he's obviously played in England and
1: well, I, I'm just assuming. Lenny for the Stenhouse Muir job. I never knew it was vacant. <laughs> I would have fancied really? him as Chancellor.
0: Hmm?
1: I would have fancied him as Chancellor, seeing where he could make it. I really? Aye, and saying that he's with the budget at Celtic, you know what I mean? Some of the purchases that he's made, like people like Amido Baldi and stuff like that, um, I think he could have been even worse than quasi quarting.
0: <laughs> fucking quasi-modal
1: uh, Aye, so Paddy what we doing, any further comments Um, are you available to do a post-match review on Wednesday night?
0: Yes, I am actually, so
1: Cool What cool. about yourself? Uh, probably aye Right, so let's lock it in then
0: post-match with the Jungle jets after the game tomorrow
1: lock in lock in just like grant <laughs> handley did
0: <laughs> grant handley
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right i think that's a wonderful way to end it so i so as gav says earlier on um get the likes in get the subscriptions and by the way guys we are i think at last count we're about 30 off a thousand subscribers so McGinty actually look through the stats. So there's quite a lot of people still watching and no subscribes. So see if he's having me done it. do a me a favor, jump on to the YouTube page. You'll see the you'll see the logo, Jungle gyms, blah, blah, blah. Jump on, give us a wee subscribe. It's does it give us a VG. We're trying to get to a thousand. We're not really uh, pushing it, but it'd be great if we could get it. So if he's enjoying the show and that, enjoy listening to us talking push, sometimes talking about a sense, jump on, give a wee subscribe and you'll hear some there.
1: Aye, thanks very much for tuning in. And for any of you who watches again tomorrow night, we'll be on. Um, So, hail, hail, and here's to another victory over Motherwell tomorrow night.
0: Here we go. Season